everyone and welcome to the Self-Made Book Channel. I'm Bianca. And I'm Byron. And today we are joined by credit expert John Webb, who works for Experian. Now you guys know we love Experian. We've been talking about our credit scores for a very long time. We've been talking about how amazing we are because we've got a nine. Do you have a nine nine nine? I have of a nine nine nine. Oh, just checking. On. At one point I was winning the battle. Uh, a, temp a temporary blip. It was a temporary due blip. Due to buying some property, you know. Oh, well, it's still a blip. <laughs> <laughs> so we thought, why not reach out to Experian and actually get some insight from them about how to make your credit score as amazing as possible. And also, you know, what is it from their perspective and why is it so important? So thank you, John, for joining us. Thank you. Yeah, glad to be here. And you got you sound like you've got better scores than me. And some real relationship <laughs> issues here trying to get to 999. Who, who's first to 999? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it did cause some problems, I must admit. I had about a, a month or two where she was... She, I was on like nine, nine ninety, nine eighty something, and then she, she would nine nine nine. It was causing some. I was sleepless nights. Let's say. <laughs> oh, I, I can <laughs> so I guess the first question everybody always asks about credit score, and we we try and make it as fun as possible, and everybody's trying to increase their credit score. So let's start with the most newest uh, product that you guys have, Experian Boost. So that came out um, last month. No, where are we now? We're in We're December. December. Yeah, yeah, last, month, last yeah. month. November. Um, and I'd been following the story and the journey in America. It came out there first. Um, so first of all, tell the people, I guess, what it is um, and why you guys decided to do this. Yeah, yeah, really good. So, um, so yeah, as you said, it was released in November. It's actually, it's actually been out in America for a, for a little while now, a few months. Um, but really what it is a way to do is quite simply give people some extra credit for the regular payments they already make to things. So um, maybe we'll cover this in a, in a little while, but really things that you would pay for in your day-to-day -day lives that aren't included in credit scores already. And what we want to do is use that and give your credit score an instant boost. So when I talk about things that you would pay normally, things like you know your Netflix subscription, for example, it doesn't show on credit scores um, or didn't until now. And now Experian have done this, um, you know, new product called Experian Boost. You can connect it and then get some points for doing it. Because of course, if you're making regular monthly payments, or, uh, you know, or even, you know, they could be annual payments, but if you're making those payments, you deserve to get some credit for doing so, just like you would do for a mobile phone contract or your utilities and so on. So that's really the premise of it, which is actually helping people, giving them a, a boost for, you know, doing the right thing and making payments to things on time. Sure. So to play devil's advocate, once you now connect to Experian Boost, um, does that then record forever? So let's say you have a Netflix account. Um, would that always be on your credit file, that Netflix account? Or can you remove that um, facility? Yeah, yeah. Interesting question. So it's actually, it's entirely optional. And actually what happens is to, to kind of run through how it works is, You'll have a free account with Experian. Um, you'll need that first. And or, you, or if you're already a subscriber to Credit Expert, you can use that. So you get your free account and then you connect your bank account to it. You use open banking to do that, which is you know safe and secure to do so. You connect your bank account and then it will scan for these transactions. So it'll scan for the transactions like you know your digital streaming services like Netflix, Spotify, Amazon. Um, and so on, uh, council tax payments, savings and investments, and also the total amount coming in and out of your account. And it, and it kind of builds those together and gives you a score. 
But the thing is with open banking is you give permission for a certain length of time. Now for this, it's three months. So you kind of give permission for us to scan your transactions. We backdate by, I think it's 12 months. Um, and we use that information, but you have to keep giving permission. But nevertheless, it's entirely optional as well. So, you know, if you go on and you give yourself a boost, um, or even if you don't get a boost, you can kind of, you can remove it if you want to. But what we'd always say is really on the positive side is, look, if you connect your um, account to us and you either get a boost or don't get a boost, it's worthwhile keeping on there and, you know, giving the permissions to do so, so that in time, let's say, you know, you decide in a month or two that you're actually going to start um, Amazon Music, for example, and you start that subscription and then you might start getting a boost for doing it, even if you didn't see it previously. So that's why, you know, it's a good idea to do that. And I'll, I'll actually, I'll highlight this point as well, which is really important, which is your score can never go down. So if you add boost or you add your account and you don't at that point get a boost, that might just be because, you know, you haven't necessarily got um, enough information or any subscriptions or council tax payments, for example, but your score can never go down. It just will stay exactly where it is. So, you know, that's why it's a, a, a you know, a nice to, to have and to try, um, even if you don't get the boost at that point in time. That's a really interesting point then. So if, for example, we know obviously right now lockdown, COVID, maybe people are on furlough or they're maybe missing payments for something like their Netflix subscription, maybe there's some defaults. Will that then, with the boost system, obviously if they've been paying on time, it would go up, but you're saying it wouldn't go down if they had a default? Yeah, so um, probably important to distinguish actually then based on what you're saying about what the, what a default really is, because because mm -hmm. actually it's a probably a good thing for people to know in terms of what a default account or a, a mispayment is. Now, in, in normal credit reporting, and where I say normal, I mean what's really on your in your standard credit report in terms of your credit agreements. If you miss any payments there, so you know your mobile phone contract or um, gas and electric loan payments, those kinds of things. If you miss those payments, they're recorded on your credit report. And they do have an impact on your credit score and actually can have quite a serious impact if you're missing payments. But continued missing of payments on an account can result in, you know, maybe three, four, six months down the line, the lender putting that account into what we call a default, where the account's effectively closed by the lender with an outstanding balance. That's in credit reporting terms, a very serious problem because, you know, that's been closed by the lender for, for continued late payments, missed payments. Um, that's quite different. So those scenarios are quite different from, you know, your subscriptions to, you know, Netflix or Amazon Prime or, or so on. Now that, if you miss your payment to, and we'll use Netflix as an example, if you miss your payment, it won't show on your credit report that you've missed any kind of payment. It won't reflect negatively on your credit report. In fact, uh, they're not credit agreements as such. So, um, so actually missing your payment will probably, I don't know how Netflix works, to be honest, in terms of this. Um, but if you miss your payment, maybe they just stop the service. All we do is scan your account for the transactions, for the regular transactions. So if there's a, if there's a missing transaction where you didn't pay it one month, what happens is you just might not get the boost for doing that. Because what we're looking at is saying, actually, uh, looks like the payments aren't being made regularly. So they're not getting the boost quite yet. But probably doing that regularly is the best way to do it. Sure. Okay. And sense. what's the maximum amount of boosts you've seen? I know I've read the, you know, the maximum in, in, in theory, what you can get, but what's kind of the maximum you've seen from the people 
uh, in terms of the boost in points? <laughs> That's a good question. I, I actually, I don't know what the, what the maximum is. So in terms of, I mean, in, in real life cases, this is, so you can boost and get up to 66 points um, extra on your credit score. Uh, and, pro and actually just, just to highlight how much that means, the experience score is out of 999, which means that, you know, 66 is a fair chunk. I mean, that can move you from one band to another. So you could move from, you know, good to very good, for example, which is great news. Um, I boosted, and I think I got somewhere between 10 and 20 points. Um, I think it was around 15, 16 points. Um, and I, but I don't really know um, anecdotally if people have boosted uh, and got a lot more. I think, you know, that's entirely possible and up to 66 points is the maximum. And I suspect the people who are getting that are, are making lots of regular payments to these um, services, you know, particularly paying things like your council tax mm -hmm. and paying for lots of subscriptions, whereas it might be Amazon Prime, Amazon Music, um, Netflix and so on. And, you know, enjoying those services, but making sure they're paying on time. That's probably where you're getting the biggest boost. And also, by the way, I should say, having quite a healthy um, account balance. Now, because we track as part of Boost the amount that's paid in and paid out of your account, where, you know, if, if you've got more going out than is coming in, that's probably not going to result in a boost for your score, because that means, you know, that you know you you might be struggling a bit with your finances in terms of what's going in or out. So actually, that healthy balance—if you've got more coming in than is going out, but you're maintaining lots of really good monthly payments—that's perfect. That's a really good scenario. Yeah. And so, once you've had it boosted, if, for example, you were going to apply for a mortgage or a credit card or a loan, they see that boosted score whilst you're using that boost three-month period. Yeah. Yeah, so in, so that's an interesting one. So actually not, uh, the way it stands at the moment is not all lenders will see that information. Actually, I think we've got a, a, a small number of lenders who are taking that information directly um, from us and they're factoring that into lending decisions, um, which means that people who may have struggled to get credit before because you know maybe they don't have lots of information or, um, on their existing credit report or anything that might have been a little bit negative, they might find themselves in a scenario where they've boosted their score and there's a bit more information that's saying to lenders, look, this person actually does make regular payments on time, um, you know, and they're not counted on the credit report that you see. So they, they might increase the offers that they get or what they can borrow. Um, now for other lenders, I think that's probably longer term to get them taking the information for boost, but it's been very, very positive so far by you know, the lending industry in terms of what this means. And some lenders used some of this information already, especially when they calculate affordability and some used open banking to check you know, how much you're spending on your account and so on, particularly the way you're applying for a mortgage where they might want to take a deep dive into your finances. But, you know, so I think we're probably looking a bit longer term to get more and more lenders on board. But I think you know, the, the industry is very positive about it. And what that means is that's good for, for people who want to get the credit for these payments that they're making. So kind of down the line is where we'll see, see a real positive impact to how people can borrow. And do you think some of the other credit referencing agencies are gonna follow suit? <laughs> That's an interesting point. I, look, <laughs> I suspect, um, I probably wouldn't see why not, um, just because ultimately we did this because, um, 
giving people a bit more control over their finances and their credit scores is in their best interest in their best interests that's really because of the point i just highlighted which is about people being able to access credit that they might not have been able to access before and that's based on people live their lives with uh, with these services you know people have netflix people have amazon prime and you know and it, this is we're not asking anyone to stop doing it because you know because you know that there might be in certain scenarios where they might be furloughed for example and we're saying hey you know cut all your your expenses that make some that life enjoyable to some degree so that's really important and we want to make sure that people get the credit that they deserve for doing that and that's why we did it so from a from a consumer or a you know the general public standpoint actually it's a really good thing so i think down the line, I'm, I'm sure the other credit reference agencies will start to come on board with it and look at the same things because actually making sure that people get something in return for making lots of regular payments to services is just a good thing um, for them and for, for borrowing as well. Absolutely. So taking it more to the general things about credit, what do you find the most common issues are when it comes to people and their credit and credit files that is a very interesting question so <laughs> this really actually is I'll tell, I'll tell i'll tell you from from my perspective at least at least knowing what people contact us about um, mm. there's lots of there's lots of different issues but one of the most common things we see is that people haven't checked their credit report or score before they do something. And by something, I'm generally saying applying for credit. And you, you really don't want to put yourself in that scenario because what happens there is you might apply for credit. And if your application is refused, then you go on to look at your credit score, your credit report, figure out what's happening. Is there anything that you can improve? Is there anything that was dragging it down? What was it? And then start trying to resolve any issues that might be on there. And what I would always encourage people to do actually, instead of that, is checking it beforehand. And as a general rule, we say, look, check it annually if you can. So you can always see, you know, where you stand and what's going on and you can do it for free. So, you know, it's worth doing, see where you stand. But if you're applying for anything, any type of credit, particularly things like a credit card, a loan, a mortgage, car finance, always check it beforehand and probably a couple of months before you do that. And that's probably the biggest thing I see people not doing because they come to us and they say, you know, I didn't check it, that, you know, my application was refused. The lender told me to come and speak to you. And at that point, you know, it's stressful and, and distressing because you don't know why something was refused and you need to get credit, but then you're stuck in that situation. So that's why I'd always say, do it before, if you can. Yeah. And if you find, you know, we, we tend to find people are not aware of many things on their credit file. So are there any, um, I guess, good hacks, you know, because uh, we find that a lot of people don't, are not aware of things like CCJs, um, you know, of course, there are defaults and people are always asking, you know, I've got a default. Um, I don't remember when from. I, I don't, don't remember when it was years ago. Yeah. They want to get it changed. What can they do or what can't they do? Okay, so interesting one. So um, 
I don't know if I can describe them as hacks, so to speak, <laughs> because <laughs> uh, because the, actually the reason for that is is you know my my credit reference agency head always says the lenders have to report factual information. So if you had a default account or you had missed payments on your account or even account to court judgment, for example, they have to record that properly on the credit report. However, um, it really always depends on the circumstances and the scenario around why that's there. So if you have a default account, for example, then albeit it might be factual in terms of the reason why it was there, but was there, was there a scenario where you didn't know what was happening with your account or you moved address and you weren't getting your bills or letters and you didn't know that payments weren't being made and so on. So there can be scenarios where that happens. And it's the same with county court judgments as well, or court judgments where, um, this one's actually interesting because I think, I think um, if you moved address and you were never properly notified about the court judgment or you know the hearing date and so on, actually you can apply to have that um, reheard at court, which doesn't take the judgment away, but if you can get it reheard, even if the judgment is still in favor of the lender or the creditor, then you can pay it within 30 days, get it set aside, and it won't show on the credit report. So that's an example of county court judgments where, you know, look, if there was a legitimate reason, as in you didn't know about it, you can get it removed. Things like defaults, a little bit trickier, but if there was a genuine reason why um, it might not, or it shouldn't show like that, dispute it with the lender. I mean, you could do that through the credit reference agency, but sometimes if it's complex, it's worthwhile contacting the lender to go through that scenario. And the only other thing I would say, particularly about negative information, is if it's there and it's genuine and it should have been there on the credit report, you can add a note to it. It's called a notice of correction. And you can just add some, um, a bit of an explanation as to why that happened. And by the way, when I say why that happened, I don't just mean an, an explanation to say, <laughs> I couldn't be bothered or, you know, uh, look, I, I had other things to do, so I didn't pay. But I just mean maybe redundancy or illness or bereavement or a reason why that didn't happen. Now, it doesn't change your score. So it doesn't, it doesn't do anything and it doesn't remove it. But what it does do is mean that when you apply for credit, the lender who you apply to will see this note and they can read it. And, and if so, factor it in. And it might mean that they could accept you where previously they might not have accepted the application. So that's an idea as well. Sure. Excellent. So what happens in a scenario where we've had people say, you know, they've been a victim of fraud and they've they've just checked their file and there's these these defaults on their account. What do they what do they do and can they get that removed? Yeah. Yeah. That's a really good one. And and um, uh, this, by the way, probably one of the most worrying scenarios. And usually, actually, when I spoke before about how people might not check their credit report until they apply for credit. This is quite common with victims of fraud because it, uh, uh, often they don't know that they've been a victim of fraud until they apply for credit and find all this information. But the good news here is they can query all of it as fraudulent information. And I would highly recommend, albeit you could do, you can go directly to the lenders, but you know, Experian and the other agencies, they can come directly to us. We have a victims of fraud team here in Nottingham and they'll review your case. And what they do on your behalf is contact all the lenders who have fraudulent information on your report. So that could be a number of applications for credit. It could be a number of accounts that you've got on your credit report. And they'll explain that this is fraudulent information. Can they investigate it? 
And so what happens there in a typical scenario is the lender investigates it, confirms the fraud, and then will remove the information from the credit report. So the end result is always, you know, if it's fraudulent, genuinely fraudulent, good news for the customer because they get it all removed and back to, you know, what would be a clean slate for their credit report and where they should be. Um, and I would kind of reinforce actually the benefit of coming to an agency to do this, which is, um, if I didn't say free um, to do once they've seen their report, is that it can be difficult and time consuming to contact five, six, 10 different lenders and explain the story to 10 different lenders. So if they come to us, they do it once, we'll contact them all on their behalf. So it's really, it's an easier way, I think, to kind of do it. And is that available to all um, Experian customers or only the ones that are paying monthly for the uh, service? Yeah, it's, it's available to all. So all that we do is ask that you have seen your report first. So anyone who pays the subscription for our credit expert product, um, they'll already be you know, signed up to the service and getting their um, credit report and score daily. So they can do that already. If you And they'll already just you know, log in or sign in to view their report. If you don't use that service, you can get what's called your free statutory credit report. And once you get that credit report, you've seen the information that's on there and then you can see what's fraudulent and what's not fraudulent. So we can then take that and then contact all the lenders on your behalf. So that service for anyone is totally free. And mostly because, you know, um, not just for a, a rights and responsibilities issue, but, you know, we always want to make sure we're doing the, the right thing for people. And, and that is helping them clear up the record, particularly where a fraudster has left behind a mess in a lot of scenarios. So if, for example, and I, and I heard of this the other day, someone finds, they go, they apply for a credit card and their experience is clean, it looks amazing, they get declined and then they, the person says, go and check this other agency and they find there's a problem on that side. Is there anything they can do to, I don't know, get the two reports to correlate? Because they, you know, there's fraud on one, but there's nothing on the experience. What do they do then? That's an interesting I'm sure it doesn't one. happen so, very often, but it, it, it just so happens yeah. to me that I met someone two days ago well, who well, let, said... Let me ask the question in a different way. Okay, go for it. So why why do the reports not correlate? Yeah. Like, why are we? Why do some reports give some things and other reports give other information? I guess when the credit is the credit. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so um, to explain this as best I can, um, <laughs> it'll be quite simply that there's, there's three main credit reference agencies in the UK. So there's you know, Experian, Equifax and TransUnion. And to the most part, and I'm pulling this number from thin air, but they're probably about 90, 95% the same and have the same information across each one. And that's just because most, most lenders in the UK share their information with all three credit reference agencies. However, that's entirely optional as to you know, which agency they might use. So what you will find is that a selection of lenders in the UK will share their information with maybe even just one credit reference agency. And, um, and they make the decision to do that. So that means that if you check your credit report across all three, so well, actually let's say you check your credit report with one agency and you see certain information that's on there that looks fine. You might check it with another credit reference agency. And actually there's an account there or a couple of accounts that you had no idea about, or, you know, you didn't see on the other credit report. So I mean, the first point to this is 
always check all three credit reports to make sure that you really know what's on all of them. Um, and then you're aware, so you know if anything's going right or wrong and, and so on. But to answer the first question as well, um, there's not really a way, there's no way to you know, match up the credit reports. To the most part, they look the same and will be will have the same information, but there will be some slight differences. But if there's anything on one credit report that you have, let's say it's fraudulent, go to that credit reference agency and make sure you dispute any of that information. But at the same time, checking your other credit reports, make sure there's nothing on there that looks fraudulent as well. So you, you kind of dispute that information on there. Um, and then what I would say is that if it's not fraudulent, so let's say you might have a couple of negative um, bits of information with one credit reference agency. So let's say you've got one default account with one credit reference agency, but not the others. That's why you have to be a bit picky when you're applying for credit and you have to be a little bit careful. So comparison sites, so Experian has a comparison site and, and the major comparison sites you know, that you use in the UK will do this as well which is helping you find out who you're eligible for when you want to apply for credit. So I'm talking about credit cards, loans, mortgages, and you know, things like car finance as well. But it gives you an idea of who you can apply to. It does some pre-checks, which don't show as a hard search on your credit reports. They don't affect your score, but they'll give you an idea of who you're eligible for. They can tell you actually before you apply, whether you're guaranteed to get the product as well. So that's pre-approved by the way. Um, and then as well as that, they can give you and the interest rates and the limit as well. So what I will say is if you've got negative information, even, even on all three credit reports, but on one as well, making sure you're careful about when you apply for credit and how you do that is, the, is always the best option and doing some research first because those parts, the comparisons don't affect your score until you actually apply. So you can do them as often as you want. That's a really interesting point because on I've seen that comparison, right? Um, and a couple of times I've clicked it and it leaves like a, a small footprint. It says someone's made a search. Yeah. And I always wondered how accurate, because um, it tells you a score, whether you're, you'll be eligible or not and what the percentage of eligibility is. And so is that fairly accurate? If it says, you know, it's 90, is it, is it fairly accurate? Yeah, it's fairly, it's fairly accurate. But unless, you know, unless you're pre-approved, so unless you're guaranteed um, the product. And I think actually, even in that scenario, there, there can be hiccups from time to time. And the best way to describe it is this, is that we'll give you a, a percentage and it's a percentage of, um, you know, your eligibility. And that means that out of a hundred people, if you're 95% eligible, 95% of people with a profile, a credit profile similar to yours got accepted for this product. So your chances are very high and the lower that gets obviously the lower your chances um but then you know there's there's times where we'll say you're pre-approved for something which means you know you're you're almost guaranteed to get this product however there can be some some instances in the end where it might not go through exactly as as planned and that's because you know because of something that's thrown up when the lender does its final credit check and um, and looks through any information and that, that might just be something to do with the lender's policy for example um, where it does that but to the most part they're very accurate and they're a very good way to to actually see who you should be applying to and when because doing that bit of research just like you said leaves a little um, leaves a little note on your credit report just to say that you've done it so someone's checked your credit report but it doesn't impact your credit score. But if you blindly went to any lender and just went on their website, 
went through the application and applied, that would leave a hard search on your credit report. You'd have no idea necessarily whether you would be accepted, but what would happen is it would leave the mark. If it's refused, you're then back to square one, but that search that you know is left on your report might mean it's a little bit trickier to get the next one. And what you don't want to do is apply for something, apply for something, apply for something, apply for something, and that keeps lowering your score. And then your chances of getting the credit, which you should have applied for in the first place, become so much more difficult. So John, I'm gonna ask you an awkward question here. So I've been a customer <laughs> of yours since, uh, since I was like 18 years old, right? And the, the price was really, really, really cheap before, you know, now it's gone up a little bit. You know, I did have a bit of a fight with them, but I said, it's, it's gone up for everybody. So first of all, <laughs> is the price going up? Now you're offering all these additional services for free. Are we expecting a price increase, first of all? So do you mean for the Credit Expert product? So, so I have, um, it's just a credit monitoring. It's just like a monthly payment. It's like 14.99, something like that. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, that's a, that's a good question. I'll, look, I'll, answer, I'll answer this as best I know it, which is there's, there's no plans as far as I know to increase the price of doing that. Um, but from a standpoint where, you know, let's, I'll explain what you get with Credit Expert as compared to anything else. So Credit Expert is... Um, is a monthly premium subscription service where you can get you get daily access um, or at least you know you'll get a new report and score every day when you check it you also get you know telephone support and you get additional um, benefits to that package but that's really what I would say is that that's very much dependent on whether you need it or not and probably in most cases for checking your report on a very regular basis for a certain length of time. So where you might be in the run-up to applying for a mortgage, for, ex for example, and you're making sure everything's perfect and you wanna just check it for a month or two um, and then doing that and you can keep, you know, keep up to date with it, see where it is and know exactly where you stand before you apply. Um, and I should say you get 30 days free trial at the beginning if you've not been a customer. So, you know, you can use that. However, for generally checking your information and knowing what it is, you can get your report for free. So that's your statutory credit report we spoke about. So you get that for free and you also get your score for free with the um, with the free Experian account. So I'd say almost once you know where you stand in terms of what's on your report and where your score is, you could just use your score, you could just track your score for free and you get it every 30 days. And any big changes that you see up or down, um, if you weren't expecting anything, so you know you didn't apply for anything or you didn't borrow a little bit more, you can see these fluctuations in your score. So anything a bit alarming, that might be a time to check your credit report. If not, you know, you're just keeping a fairly good idea on where you stand. And every now and again, you can check your statutory report for free. So, you know, give yourself a bit of a look at, into the detail. Um, so I think, you know, hopefully that kind of summarizes the, the, the packages of where they are. And the, the premium one particularly comes, you know, as it would do as a premium package with lots of lots of nice service extras that you get, you know, in terms of the direct phone service and so on. And you get to do it daily. So really yeah. that's if you need to be checking it regularly. So the people will kill me if I don't ask this question. <laughs> Are there any ways in which that, you know, we there would be a reduced cost? Is, is it just one size fits all? Or is there a way that, you know, the people can Martin, get a discount? Are you asking for a special self-made I mean, discount? 14.99, I mean. <laughs> 
my avocado and toast today was quite pricey. I need a discount. So <laughs> serious financial problems with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are too expensive. Uh, so um, <laughs> I don't, I don't know um, how to answer that other than other than <laughs> look the, the the package. I don't think there's any. Um, I don't think there's no any plans to change the price of that product, but. Um, but again, I'd say really it depends on your circumstances. So if you don't need to check your credit report every day, I mean, it sounds like you two are very excited by doing that. But <laughs> if you don't need to do it every day, then you can get it for free. And I'd also be, I'd just be remiss if I didn't mention as well, you can get your Experian credit report and score for free through um, Money Saving Expert Credit Club as well. So you can get that every 30 days. Um, and we supply them with the data. So you can go on there and you can do that and, and you can kind of keep up to date with your score and report as well there. So if you're happy with it on a monthly basis, see where you stand and check your report. That's also a good option. Okay, okay fab. I had to ask. I, yeah, so I, to I, ask. Have a, <laughs> I have a question, <laughs> maybe less about discounts. Um, <laughs> Brian and I, obviously as you can I'll, see- I'll, we, I'll, I'll, have a, I'll have a talk and see if there's any options for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you don't ask, you don't get, you see? <laughs> for us and the people. <laughs> <laughs> All the people. <laughs> yes. All right, Lino, let's take it off. No, no, we all for the people. We for the anyway, yeah. so do you have any kind of, top tips so Brian and I did a video um how many how long ago about a year ago about a year ago just talking people through why the, why you would need a credit report the importance of the score how to improve the score by you know getting on the electoral roll and all that good stuff now um I'd love to hear from you any kind of top tips maybe a couple maybe two or three uh, or four maybe top tips that you would have for someone really wanting to get a firm hold of their credit report and their credit score Okay, sure. So I'll, I'll list a few and stop me if I'm listing too many. But the first thing, by the way, is just just as you said, which is registering on the electoral roll. So that can give your experience score a boost, but also it helps lenders identify you when you apply for credit. So that's key, really, to the, you know, getting through the door and getting credit as well as an ID check. Um, the second is, and by the way, I'm going to list a few things which aren't always in people's uh, ability to do that. So think of it kind of as long term, um, because I don't want to feel anyone to feel pressured financially about doing these things. But the next one is getting your overall borrowing down. So the lower, the better. And there's no, you know, there's no other calculation to say, you know, if you get it to this much, but really what I want to say is the lower you can, you can get your overall borrowing, particularly where it's high, getting it below 15,000 overall and bringing it down and down, the lower, the better. And that moves us on to credit cards. So credit cards are really key when calculating credit scores because they're a really good indicator for a lender about your current financial position. So the easiest way to think of this is the closer you get to your credit limit, the more it will reduce your credit score. So wherever possible, bring that down as low as you can. Now, as a general rule, we say, about 25-30% of the available credit. If you can get your balance there or lower, that's great, but 50 pounds or lower is amazing. So the best way to run a credit card, by the way, in terms of your credit score, is spending a few pounds on it every month that you would have spent anyway. So, you know, just go one shot for, um, for your groceries. And then from there, just pay it off in full every month so you don't pay the interest. 
And, and the other points really are about kind of managing and building your credit. So, so try not to apply for things on a, on a, too regularly. So maybe a couple of things every three to six months is a good position to be in. And whenever you do open new accounts, your score will drop slightly. So always give it some time. So when you open new accounts, building it up for about a year or so, and once you get to about a year of paying this back on time, that will start improving your credit score. And to that point as well, having credit for a long period of time is a good thing. So um, when we look at your credit score, if you've got accounts that are you know, four, five, six plus years old, that's good and that positively impacts it. So that'll probably bring me on to my last point I'll say, which is just be careful about how many new accounts and new credit you're opening, particularly um, lots of these instant purchase accounts that you can buy and, and buy now, pay later things and so on. And always be careful about what you're doing and how you're doing it, because it could be opening lots of new accounts. Suddenly you find you've got a very young credit report because you've got four, five, six accounts on there that are a month old, two months old, and then it makes you look a little bit more riskier to lenders. So that's probably the summary of, of the tips to kind of keep it strong and also building it, you know, building your credit score up. Sure. So thank you for that. So a lot of people sometimes say they can't get credit because they don't have credit, which I think was an, is an interesting kind of conundrum. So what would your advice be to, to, you know, help boost, I don't know, or build that or kind build of credit it? How do you get around that, you know, that loophole, that fact that you just don't have any credit? So yeah. you're not worthy. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> on face value, it sounds very tough to think about it this way. However, if you look at it from a lender's perspective, what they want to do is make sure that they can see that you've managed credit well in the past, and that will help them predict whether you'll manage it well in the future. So will you pay back your credit? So that's really how credit scoring works, which is predicting the past, predicting the future based on the past. And so that's where this comes from, which is it's always good to have had credit or have credit and manage it well. And that's how to get credit in the best way. So if you have nothing and if you, you know, you're kind of building your credit report from scratch, then firstly, think, think long term. So like we said, take, think about a year or so to really start getting your credit report up to scratch. But the first thing is making, definitely making sure you're on the electoral roll. The second thing is probably, if you can, getting a credit card. Now, they do these credit builder cards, which are specifically designed for people who have a poor credit rating or don't even have much credit information at all. And that's because the interest rates are very high. But if you use it like this, which is spending a few pounds every month, repay it in full every month. So you're keeping the balance as low as possible. That's the best way to run that card. And then, you know, a year from there, you're already starting to build, um, you know, a fairly positive track record. But then also, you know, making sure you've at least got a, a current account, so some kind of basic bank account, um, you know, it might have an overdraft with it and try not to use that as best as you can. But then also there's other things that you can get onto your credit report that can help start to build it. So house utilities like gas and electric, for example, um, if you've got home TV services like broadband um, and, and, and TV subscription things and so on, and then your mobile phone contract. So 
in terms of the house bills, making sure maybe you could try and get some of those in your name if you can, particularly if you live with a partner, for example, and all of the bills are in their name, switch some and take one or two of those bills if you can. Um, and just trying where I said to just start getting a couple of accounts, whether that's a credit builder card and a mobile phone contract, for example, um, if you're going to get a mobile phone contract anyway, don't just take it to build your credit score. You know, it's credit where you need it um, is really important. And then, and then over time, so over about a year plus, if you make your payments on time, that's where you really build a strong credit history. Uh, uh, just wanted to ask actually, because Bianca always normally sorts out the um, utilities, and I don't know this. Do utilities show up on your credit file? They do. So, um, so your your gas and electric will will show, and um, and water can show with credit reference agencies as well. So, you know, if you've got those three things at home, then, you know, you could split those if, you know, if someone pays them more, for example, if you split them, then they'll show. But they show just like, um, just like any other agreement, which means, you know, you have to make your payments on time and so on. And they'll usually record how much you're paying and what your normal monthly amount is at that point in time. Um, I don't think they show if you're on a, on a prepaid meter. And actually from time to time, if you're, if your credit report is in a, you know, a particularly negative situation, it might be the case that they may put you on prepaid um, to do that because they can't grant, you know, that access of a credit facility, which is essentially what it is. They're paying, you know, your gas and electric upfront, and then you're paying them back the following month. So that's kind of how that agreement works and why it shows on the credit report. Sure. Excellent. I think that's, um, that gives me a lot of uh information anything you want to ask anything you've missed no i think that's it john was there anything you think our audience needs to know that we've missed and not asked you oh that's a good question um no i don't think so i think if i if i will you know summarize probably at least a couple of important points which is you can get your you know get your report for free and i would encourage people to do that so just remember statutory credit report and they can do that from all three credit reference agencies and just see where they stand but always do that before you apply for credit if you can um, so that you can see where you stand and then also for anyone who's building credit as well always think about a long-term view so kind of a year plus and you know don't try and rush it and think you know you're not getting anywhere but just be patient and then see how that goes over time as well. Fabulous. Perfect. Thank you so much. Um, thank you for joining us today. Um, guys, please like, comment, subscribe, um, and all that good stuff. And check out your credit file. It's so, so important to not only check it, but stay on top of it. And, and I prefer monitoring it just in case, because you never know what's going to happen. So make sure you stay on top of those credit files and let us know when you get that Nine, 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 and that boost. Let us know what the boost you get is. I've had a variety of in the of comments below. We'd love to know how a many points. Absolutely. We're getting some great feedback on the boost and how it's having a positive impact. So make sure you guys go over there and get that boost. Thank you for joining us today. I'm Bianca. And I'm Byron. And self-made. Is success. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.